Good morning podcast, welcome to the Pierre T. Lambert Experience. I am Pierre and today I have with me special guest Sydney Dyeongson. Sydney is a creator, a videographer, a YouTuber that I've been following for quite some time whenever I wanted gear reviews and opinions that's where I would go. So he's got this great channel reviewing a bunch of different gears and he's also very creative and has been in the game for a very long time. If you're not sure who Sidney is, just head over to Instagram or YouTube and type Sidney Dyeongzon. It's S-I-D-N-E-Y-D-I-O-N-G-Z-O-N. Boom, you're gonna find him and then you can get back to the podcast and be like, wow, I love what he's creating. Let's listen to what he has to say. So today I have a bunch of questions from you guys and I have a few from myself. We're gonna be diving into how you can have the cheapest ND filter in the world and that one is really good, I didn't know about it. Please don't miss that one. Uh, what he learned from film school, those kind of tricks actually. Also what kind of gear he's using today, why he switched and dropped his A7R 3 and for what, you'll see that's pretty cool. And also a very, very, very important topic Whenever you want to film yourself or even when you're taking photos in the streets, how do you deal with being shy and not being able to actually get out there, film yourself or film other people or shoot them? Like what are the tricks that he used to overcome that? What are the tricks I used to overcome it? I think that is a piece of advice you should not miss if you're slightly shy or if you're not comfortable when you're shooting in public. Please don't miss that one. And guys, before we get started, just just little thing I want to ask you. Whichever app you're using to listen to the podcast, is there any chance you can leave a five-star review if you love the podcast, if you love what I'm creating? That would mean the world to me and apparently it helps for it ranking in the list of podcasts. So let's create that together. Let's make it happen. With no further ado, I hope you're having an amazing time. If you're running, walking your dog, cooking, whatever you're doing, have a blast listening to that podcast with Sydney. Let's get right into it. All right, today I've got Sydney Jongson with me today. Sydney, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for you're having welcome, me. Man. Appreciate it's it. It's an honor to have you here. And I want to give a little bit of context to people. So Sydney, you've got an awesome YouTube channel on videography mainly, and you've been a filmmaker since almost day one of your life, correct? Pretty, yeah, pretty much. I just, I knew I wanted to tell stories right from the get, even had a small camera when I was a kid. So definitely, definitely wanted to be a filmmaker ever <laughs> Dude, since I was a I, boy. I want to give a little bit of context to people <laughs> because I think I discovered, I didn't discover you through that video, but there was one video that you made about you not being Peter McKinnon, if I'm correct. I want yeah. to talk about that video because <laughs> the Peter McKinnon part is not interesting at all. The part that was really interesting was your movie that you made when you were, how old were you with that funny, like, stolen laptop movie? <laughs> oh my gosh, that was, um, that was a short film me and my buddy made probably, oh gosh, when I was, that was maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago, it was like 2008, just like when DSLR started becoming popular. I think I had the set mark, uh, Canon 70, and uh, uh, the DSR revolution just started. And so, um, yeah, that, Dude, was, that, that was about 10 really years ago. really good. I actually looked at it. I watched it uh, in almost entirety. And I was like, what's happening at the end? <laughs> but because I think it's something that not a lot of people might see online is actually the background of what we've been doing before. Have we been into the art we're pushing today in the past or not? And Sydney, you're a great example of someone who started like a long time ago. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I when we f uh, made that film, like I just graduated film school and, uh, you know, me and my buddy just wanted to make stories after stories. Um, you know, we wanted to get into, into movies and stuff like that. 
And um, it's funny because YouTube just started to um, catch popularity at the time with the IGs oh, yeah. and PewDiePies. And we thought, man, man, we what if we made this fun little series, you know, and just put it on, on YouTube? Because the whole end goal of every filmmaker after graduating film school is yes. for your work to be seen, you know, in distribution. That's the main goal. And so traditionally that's, you know, done through the studio route, work your way up the ladder, you know, meet a few people, stuff like that. Then eventually you'll make a, like a short film, then a full film and stuff for TV. Like that was a long road. But for me, I was so impatient that I um, that I did not go that route at all. And I just wanted that to go is straight so cool. to YouTube. And I think that is something that, okay. So if we've got an older generation listening right now, I, I would love to have you guys share what you think about it on Twitter or on Instagram, because nowadays it's so easy for anyone to become a filmmaker, a photographer, any kind of artist with the accessibility, accessibility we have with the internet to anyone. I don't know what you think about it, Sine, but it's pretty insane. Oh, totally, totally. Like any, anybody, like you're totally right. Anybody can become a filmmaker, a photographer, a content creator, a producer um, to create whatever they want to. I mean, you don't have to, there's no middlemen anymore. You don't have to go through film school. You don't have to be a PA on set. You don't have to work at a studio or know certain people. Like everything that you have is right in front of your hands. Like even with your phone, Your phone is a is a production house and a distribution center where you can create content, any content, and share it with the rest of the world for free. And that, to me, blows my mind. And now every creator out there has no excuse, you know, to that not make things. So you know true. what I mean? And so the the internet changed it. Love the internet just leveled the playing field for everybody. And so, and I think it's such an amazing time because, you know, it gives voices to the people that never really had the opportunity to create things. But also, I think it's a good push for us creatives that have had, you know, experience in film school or on set to, to, to be even more creative and kind of almost um, be competitive in a way. And, uh, and, you know, and really, really, uh, really make our creative juices really flow uh, with platforms like YouTube, Vimeo, Instagram, I, I cannot stress enough what you just said. It's, it's just so crazy because a lot of people, I think, are confused. Should I get a normal degree or whatever? Whenever it comes to art and creation, I think you should just start straight off the bat and not care about uh, what the institution that lived in the past think you should be doing because it changes so fast. Totally so, agree. So, so yep. fast. Um, I had a great example of a friend I already mentioned, but he is an artist. He does go to art school, but straight from the beginning, he started his Instagram game and he started pushing his paintings on it. He's, he's been selling since year one in school. Like, it's crazy. It's so cool. Yeah, awesome. exactly. Um, Sydney, I have a few questions from the audience for you, but before, can you a little, give us a little brief or of where your career in terms of filmmaking took you from uh, your first short movie to now with the YouTube channel. What are you into lately? Uh, yeah. Um, so I, you know, I took the traditional route of going to film school because, uh, you know, I was interested in, in filmmaking. And, and so did that and then did the whole studio thing and then realized very quickly that I didn't like being told <laughs> what to do. <laughs> so I, I left the studio industry and kind of just filmed my own thing, uh, freelance for a couple of years. I moved out to England and filmed a lot of weddings throughout that time. And then uh, moved back to the States eventually. And, um, and then the entire time, ever since uh, you know graduating from high school, I've always thought, man, I think YouTube is the mm -hmm. way, but I wasn't so sure. And you know, when I came back to, um, to, to the States, um, I did contemplate on, on, on whether or not I, if I should do a YouTube channel. And, um, and, it, and the funny thing is that 
I was so afraid uh, of not having the perfect first episode that it took me what? seven years to actually no. start making a video. Crazy. Yeah, no joke, no joke. So, so I wasted five years of my life because of fear uh, of and not having my video so perfect that I wasted five years of my life where, you know, I'm doing well now, but you know, imagine where I could have Dude, been. Dude, that is insane. That then. is insane. You know I mean, I think it's, there is no it regret is. in looking back because I'm sure you learned a ton over those seven years that really helped you get where you are today. But if anyone's listening and you're afraid of starting to share your work, whether it's photography or video, if you're afraid because you think it's not good enough, please do it right now. It doesn't matter. First of all, you'll discover no one watches it at the beginning. No one gives a shit. Sorry, no offense, but that's just the reality. Same for the photos. No one cares. It's true. Until you reach a certain level. So please share it. At least keep track of it so that when you get to a good level, you can look back and be like, wow, I came from solo. It's awesome. And if you if you're like awesome from the yeah. beginning, that's that's I mean, kudos to you. Like send me an email, you know. <laughs> I'll have you on the Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and like, I think, you know, further on that one, because I think it's very important to talk about, um, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of creators, um, you know, are worried about uh, what people will think right now when they don't look to like five years ahead or 10 years down the road to the creator that they're going to be. And, and so when I made that first vlog, you know, I, I, I simply said like, hey, I know this video is going to suck, but I'm going to trust in my uh, evolution as a creator, as a, as a person that I'm going to grow from this. And hopefully one year I'll look back and be like, wow, I was right. That video did <laughs> suck, but look where I am right now. And so, um, and so, and it's true. It's, and people grow and people love, love those stories. People love underdog stories. So it's like, why not live one? Why pretend to live a perfect life that you're this, you know, um, amazing uh, uh, photographer, filmmaker, content creator, when let people see your story right from the get. And then, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the line, man, just Dude, imagine, imagine where you're going to be videos. right then and, and there. That's, and so, that's why I keep jumping over my yeah. camera because I know... Yeah. It's funny to you guys if you're listening, but I know in one year, in two years, or whenever I'm going to do a recap, I'm sure I'm going to try to do one at the end of this year, but I'm just thinking five years down the line, I'm going to have those footages, like, and it's going to be just so cool to do a recap. And you're able, Sydney, you're able to tell the story through footages that you took a long time ago, a bit like Casey does, where he has like very old footage. And it really supports any story mm, he's right, yeah. trying to tell. As a creator, I think it's it's key. Even if you're just a painter, you should totally do it. As a photographer, it's it's very easy to keep oh, yeah. track of our stuff. But sharing it is different, I guess. Um, I, I want to know what clicked yeah. in your mind and got you to press upload and publish. Ah, uh, good question. Um, uh, you know what? I think it was it was those five years of of build up of like like I knew it was the right thing to do to go into YouTube. I just knew it right from the from from the get, and um and I was just so frustrated with with where I was at personally, where I was at career wise, um you know to the point where I was like you know what I just need to do this. I have to do this, and you know now that I'm a family man, I I have this huge desire to be at home with my family. And so to, to, to have a job where I can, I can be there, you know, not miss out on my kids growing up while at the same time, getting to do what I love traveling the world and taking my family with me like that, that to me is my definition of success. Finally, getting to do, you know, what you want, 
um, that you know, is with so the people cool. you love most. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because it's a great message, I think. Like, find your definition of success and go for it. Uh, Sydney, we're going to jump into questions that I have from the audience. And the first one is actually fresh off from today. And I thought it, it was just very, it's a technical one for, it's a technical one, okay. but I don't know how we can answer that, but let's see. Let's see. We're going to try together. So it's <laughs> let's find out. <laughs> you for Hish, who is asking, sorry, it, if, if you guys could put your name, it would be super easier. Okay. He's asking, what can I substitute a filter like UV or ND with if I'm on a budget? Oh, I got a perfect answer for that. Oh, this is, this is an old film school trick. It is, it is awesome. And so uh, uh, actually, I, I think I might make a video about this, but I, the best substitute to replace an ND filter uh, you know, for your for your camera, for your lens. And for those of you that don't know what the ND filter is, it's basically sunglasses for your lens. So you're able to keep your same uh, aperture, your same f-stop without having to increase it or increase your shutter speed so that you sunglasses get Sunglasses uh, for your exposure. lens, guys. Listen um, to that. That's a good one. <laughs> yes, sunglasses for your lens. <laughs> so this is an old film school trick that we used to do um, when we didn't have ND filters or couldn't afford one, and that's to use stockings. Oh. And so these are um, feminine products that you know that uh, females would wear uh, to uh, I don't know uh, I guess around their legs, yeah. basically to cover up their legs, also making it seem like they're not wearing any um, mm -hmm. any leggings or whatever. But basically, super thin material that you can place over a lens. And that will reduce the uh, the exposure without having to adjust the the, the, the f-stop. So back in film school, we used to put that over the camera. So if we didn't have an ND filter or even um, uh, over on some lights, uh, it's also called a scrim, uh, which is a big uh, flag, big black flag that you can place to, to lessen uh, and soften up the light. And so you can apply that same uh, concept to your lens. And so, I mean, stockings are pretty cheap, probably like $2 or something like yeah. that, $2, $3, I think. Uh, you can get that anywhere, you know, at your local uh, Walmart, Target or whatever, or, you know, uh, Asda if you're in the UK, you know, they're everywhere. And so, uh, so yeah, so that is my alternative. That is so cool. I didn't know. And wait, I have a question now because I have an idea for, for you guys, but let me know, Sydney, does it not affect like the sharpness or the focus doesn't go crazy? I mean, how does that work? Probably, yeah. I mean, it, it will soften it up. I mean, uh, it, 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 it could produce a cool effect, but if you are close enough to the lens, you know, Got you it. probably won't see it too much. The further you, you put it out from the lens, then, you know, the softer yeah. the image will, will be. But if you put it right up close to the lens, then uh, you should And maybe be okay, you get a vintage, vintage at least from look, my, what I remember. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you'll get a softened look. And when we, um, I remember doing a film project and it was like a film noir. And what we did is that we placed stockings in front of the lens to give that softened look like you see back in the 1930s. And so, uh, but yeah, that's it's a cool awesome. little, cool little I love that. I didn't know about it. I didn't think about it. That's that's really cool. Well, yes. There you go. Now you got to try it um, out. <laughs> so I think you should make a video on that, Sydney, by the way. I like think I will. This week, yeah, I think I you're will for sure. like the cheapest ND filter in the world, <laughs> or you don't need an ND filter and you just break them with a hammer on the thumbnail. Uh, <laughs> totally. Oh, that'd be awesome. Everyone's going to get pissed now. <laughs> um, I have a suggestion for yeah. you, uh, dude, if you don't have the money to afford nice filters or new ones, simply go to any yard sale type thing where, I don't know how you call it, maybe some kind of show where a lot of people are dumping their old products, I can tell you'll find so many filters because they have very mm -hmm. high cost when you buy them new, 
but after there they're worth nothing i don't know why but people literally sell them for nothing so you can pick up filters for like three five dollars whenever there is a i don't know how you call that in english but you know it's kind of a fair where everyone's selling yeah right yeah gar a garage sale yeah yeah exactly you can literally pick some i have a friend he was picking weird ones that were making like some psychedelic effect psychedelic effects oh, cool. on lenses it was kind of fun but yeah it was like a euro or two euros um so try that if you can otherwise uh, try just talking. Really cool tip. <laughs> I love it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to jump to um, at Michael, who is asking, should I buy first a new laptop for photo and video, or should I buy a mirrorless camera to replace my 12-year-old DSLR? Ooh, good question. Well, I guess it depends if he already has a computer. Well, he, I guess he, he has, has one computer. that is very slow, I imagine. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I guess maybe two scenarios. If he has a slow computer, um, then I mean, you can't really edit without having a good computer. So I guess it would make sense to, to get a, a newer computer. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess if I were him, I'd try to find a compromise where I get, you know, a somewhat newish computer, maybe like a, uh, uh, I don't know, a 2015 MacBook Pro or one of those new uh, Razer computers that are definitely cheaper than than Apple computers. Um, yeah. They're pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it, it, filming with old cameras, you're, you're definitely going to see the difference between that and shooting in 4K. But at the same time, you know, if you are a good filmmaker, then you can make a Canon T3i look amazing versus someone who is okay um, at filmmaking and has the Sony a7, uh, you know, three. And so um, it depends how comfortable you are with the camera, but um, man, that's a, that's a tough one. I, you could go either way. I, I know, I right? Say, yeah. But again, a, that's you, why I picked that one because yeah, I, that's I thought a good it one. would make a, a good debate. Uh, yeah. Let us know, guys, what you think. If you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, please let us know uh, which one you would do, new laptop or new camera. That's, that's interesting. I think on my side, I'm going to share if... My laptop is very, very like drastically slow to the point where it's like debilitating. How do you, how, is that yeah, what you say? Yeah, Disab the, 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 the bill, the bill. I can't say it now. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. The D word. <laughs> yes, exactly. Where it doesn't allow you to do your work, uh, then yes, get a laptop. But I will tell you, don't get the latest one. Like you said, Cine, you raise a very good point. I have a late 2013 MacBook Pro that's killing the new MacBook Pros. Nice. So it's just super fast and you still have USB plugs and all that. You don't need dongles and SD card readers. So 2013, 2014, 15, you're, you're kind of safe and you, I'm editing 4K all the time and I have zero problem. Nice, nice. You know, it's funny because I, um, I bought, a, I bought um, an iMac Pro, right? Because I wanted a faster computer. Yes. And I had a, a 2014 um, MacBook Pro and I... I don't really regret it, but I wish I had that computer again because I love the SD card slot. I love that it was mm -hmm. just easy to take. I don't I don't like I don't want to buy a new MacBook Pro because I hate the fact that you have to get these dongles and all this stuff. And I don't like the touch bar at all whatsoever. And so I'm actually looking around for a used MacBook Pro from uh, 2015 MacBook Pro <laughs> just to have because I it was such a good design. It was so good. I know. I don't know why they did. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to enter that debate, but totally feel you because I'm never changing. If I'm touching wood, I hope it never happens anything. But as long as I can, I'm going to keep it. Nice. And I think I might even be able to upgrade some RAM or something inside nice. the laptop. So we'll see. Um, 
In terms of camera, I don't think going to mirrorless is going to change your life, man. I'm very honest here. If you have any kind of decent DSLR, you're totally fine. You know, yeah. if you're on a budget constraint, invest in your lenses. And yeah. then whenever you, you're making maybe money with your job or with your photography or videography, then you can upgrade your body to maybe to a mirrorless one because now even Nikon, Canon, everyone has mirrorless bodies now, which yeah. means you can adapt the lenses that you build up until now on your new uh, mirrorless body. So don't overthink it too much just because it's super trendy and we're on top of the trends here on YouTube. Don't don't fall into the trap. If I all my photographer friends who are like totally pro, they hardly ever change their gear. Like literally hardly ever. Some good advice over here. Hope I hope a lot of people get some value out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you guys don't don't. I mean, it's fine if you buy it. I I I'm I'm a gear geek geek. So there's no. I cannot shame you for absolutely anything because yeah. I will. I think you and me, we're, we're the same. Um, we've got another question here, which is really cool. So Patrick is asking, it's at Patrick Doyle photo on Instagram, is asking how to get over the weird feeling of filming yourself and being natural on camera. Haha, mm. Sydney, I thought that was perfect yeah. for you. Perfect. I, just do it. The more you do it, the less awkward it'll be. Uh, the first video I made, I was so awkward in front of the camera. I'm like, it took me, I don't know, three hours to <laughs> do the whole monologue speech for the vlog. Uh, just like, <laughs> it's just so weird. But then, you know, the more you do it, the, the, the easier it is. Like even vlogging out in public, of course, it's going to be awkward. It still is a little awkward. But, you know, the, the more you do it, the, the easier it really is. And you just kind of get used to it like anything else, like, you know, being nervous and driving uh, a car for the first time, of course, you're going to be nervous. But obviously, the more you do it, then the more comfortable you be. And so you just it just takes practice. How, how, how long did it take you to be comfortable when shooting for YouTube? Um, like from the first uh, first set of videos or, or now? Yeah, yeah, I would say from the, the first set of videos. So it would take me a probably about uh, maybe 90 minutes to two hours. <laughs> yeah. to, and that's such a long time. And you, after like an hour, it's like, oh my gosh, come on. Why can't I do this? But now it's, you know, getting easier where it's like 30, 45 minutes. Um, and I have like talking points now. So it's uh, a lot easier. It's almost like practicing to become a public speaker in a way. It is. Um, it is. So, it's like no yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so... Uh, although I think doing it live is, is a lot better because it's like, okay, like you can't mess up or, you know, you just got to, <laughs> something about being on stage is a little wait, better. Wait, don't tell people that they're going to have so much pressure in their head now. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> they're going to imagine a, a whole audience of 10,000 people looking at them and them being on stage. No, no, that's not. Probably. No, think of, <laughs> it, my, my one tip is going to be, uh, think of your camera as your friend and think you're talking yeah. to a friend. That's how I got it at the beginning. Uh, but I, I will be honest. I mean, I don't know about you, Sydney, but I screw up so much. Like, oh, yeah, dude. I shared, I think, in one of my videos, it took me 25 or 35 takes because first I got the location that was wrong. So I did maybe like five takes that went wrong. Um, and then I realized that something was off with the light. So I had to change. And then <laughs> I did it again. And the second one was totally worse where everything would, would go wrong. I would like forget the second word I wanted to say, or I just didn't know what my point was, or I just blah, blah, too much. There are so many things that it, it's totally fine. <laughs> Don't beat yourself up for that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh man, I remember uh, when I used to live in an apartment right near an airport, and I would do a, a take that w- I thought that was good, but a darn airplane would just fly by and would mess up everything, and then the train would, you know, <laughs> blow its horn. I'm like, this is driving me insane. <laughs> yeah, like Casey uh, when he's in studio in New York City, he 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 says he has a camera that looks up the street so he can see when the when like big trucks or stuff like that are coming, so he stops speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of oh, hilarious in terms of being shy have you ever been shy um sydney on camera oh yeah i mean i mean not obviously not when i'm like by myself but if i'm in pub- public and i don't have like you know friends with me it's gonna look really weird um you know i i came from la so you know people get used to seeing vloggers everywhere but you know come come to texas you know they're they're still kind of growing and so sometimes i get you know weird looks from older people and like what are you doing or you know get off the street or something like that and so yeah of course it's going to be awkward and i'm going to be a little bit shy but it's like one of those things like you gotta pump yourself up i'm like oh no no all right here we go record and let's go <laughs> that's so true i want to know what goes into your head when you're doing it like do you have a, a mental hack to to really get over it because even so we're talking about videography here guys but if most of you might be photographers but that's exactly the same thing i have a lot of people saying they are shy to shoot just even and imagine they're not even speaking to the camera they're shy to shoot mm-hmm. in public or shoot people in public and i talked about it in the street photography videos but i want to know Sydney, what goes into your mind whenever you're getting shy do you how do you mental block it or or like change it Ooh, that's a that's a good question um it, you know what i i don't know if i really do it's kind of like uh you're being dared to jump into a frozen lake it's like you don't want to do it but it's uh, and you feel like the cold wind coming at you but it's like jumping in and then once you jump in like I think after that first few minutes um you know you start to feel better and so um I I think for me the more I think about it the more nervous I get so if I don't think about it and I just do it then it just it just makes it better you know you know for filming I like that uh, analogy with the jumping in the lake uh, it's yeah. exactly the same you have to really set yourself up in your mind and I think also remember why you're doing it. You know, when I really get shy and there are times because you guys don't see it, obviously, because I I keep the good takes, but I might record, I might mess up a few times. And the moment I mess up more than two times and there are people around me, that gets really weird. I can tell you, I was on the big square just before getting on the podcast and I was shooting a video Mm -hmm. on out of focus and I shoot the intro and I mess up one time, two times, three times. And then some people start looking. They're like, what? first, everyone's like, what is he doing? I'm literally in Paris, and I don't think they see a lot of vloggers. Uh, and everyone's afraid to be on camera in France because they think uh-huh. you're going to make money off of their face for some reason. No, I, I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but you get a lot of nasty looks in Paris. In totally. My- there, there's a funny story when I was traveling through uh, through an airport and I was skateboarding on my penny board and I was vlogging. <laughs> I was testing out a 360 camera and I was vlogging at the same time, but I was stupid enough to skate on carpet. And on carpet, there's a greater chance of, uh, of you tripping because of the imbalance and yeah. the inertia of your movement. And so I fell and ate it and just people <laughs> laughed and I was so <laughs> embarrassed. And I did my best to run away as fast as I could so nobody would see me, but that was the most embarrassing thing uh, vlogging in my life. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, did you catch that on camera? 
I did. I really did. Oh so I'll have God. to put it out in like bloopers or something like oh that. Oh my God. You have to terrible. put it out now. I want to see that. Send it to me. On the... <laughs> Dude, that is so funny. Um, yeah. So guys, don't, don't be too ashamed and remember why you're doing it. So I go back to that all the time because if you're trying to be a vlogger and you're shy of vlogging, then there is a problem. Get over your vlogging shyness and do it or stop vlogging and go in a private space, maybe in the studio where you're going to feel more comfortable to get it out there and you're going to have better personality sticking out, uh, like standing out on camera. Uh, and if you are a photographer, you're trying to take photos. That's what I said in one of my videos. I'm trying to remember what kind of photographer am I trying to be? Do I want to get great shots? If yes, I know the great shot I'm trying to get right now in the street is going to be the portrait of that person and I need to go and talk to that person or shoot that person to get there. So it's really about, I need that shot. Let's get it. Uh, screw what you're thinking in your mind that you don't like. Let's, let's just go for it. Yeah, totally. And I think a good, uh, good way to practice is to go out with some friends and then vlog with your friends. <laughs> it's so easy with it makes friends. It less, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. And then once you get used to that, then maybe try you know, vlogging alone. But uh, that could be a good way to, to start off and practicing vlogging out in public. That's a good one. That's a great tip, man. Uh, friends, use friends, man. If you, yeah. yeah, if you don't know, you should definitely use friends. So next question is from Marcelo. So we've got four questions today. It's like bonus at uh, Marcelo underscore UFSGJ is asking, why don't smartphones have the same depth of field, although they have F1.7 apertures? but they clearly don't have the same depth of field as a full-frame camera. Can you explain why, Sydney? Yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty simple. And that's because of the, the size of the sensor of that lens. And so uh, it's like the same reason why there's a lot more depth of field on a full-frame camera versus an APS-C camera and then versus a micro four-thirds uh, camera. And so the smaller the, the sensor, then the less depth of field you'll see. Um, which is why you'll see, you know, what you, you'll see specialty adapters like the speed booster uh, is so um, um, uh, appealing to filmmakers that film with the JH5 because it brings back the depth of field, you know, uh, into the J, uh, into that camera. And so, uh, so for for an iPhone or for you know any mobile device that has a, a you know a camera, you're not going to see you know that much depth of field because of the nature of the sensor. And so that's just the truth. Um, but you know that's the only way to, to get a good depth of field is by by mixing in good um, a good software and so obviously you know the new um, iPhones can do that the new pixels can do that now um, so for for phones um, you know combining good lenses uh, with good software can help emulate a good depth of field it will yeah. be true depth of field uh, just because of physics um, but yeah that's the reason why you don't see good depth of field on phones it's because of that sensor that's awesome. Good, awesome answer. I think you guys got it. It's um, You can look up the formulas on Google and you can actually get the formula for the depth of field based on the size of the sensor, the distance from the sensor to the lens uh, and uh, the aperture and all that. So you can definitely find those formulas that are not that complicated and right. it will give you a really good insight. Now, guys, I literally don't know them by heart. Maybe you do, Sydney. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't, no? But, oh, but it's like, but it's it. like, okay. So think of it, think of it as um, like the smaller the sensor, then the more video it'll look. Um, even like with full frame, 
uh, cameras, like in the grand scheme of things, that's still considered small compared to, you know, a 35 millimeter film or even IMAX film, which is like <laughs> 16 times bigger or something like that. Yeah. And so obviously if you see a movie that was filmed on an IMAX, that's going to look way more cinematic than your full frame camera. Uh, I mean, that's just the truth. So, you know, go back down the other way of the scale, you know, filming something on an iPhone, of course, it's going to be a little more video-esque versus filming it on, um, filming a video on a 35 millimeter camera. That's so true. Yeah. And the same in photo, anyone who took picture at night with a 1.4 on the full frame knows exactly yeah. what kind of bokeh we're talking about. It's just so beautiful. Totally. And that's what I, I lacked really when I had the GH5. I was like, Ugh. It's okay. I had a 1.4 lens, but it it just didn't feel as good. So then I changed and I was like, yay, Devo yeah. Field is back. Awesome book is back. <laughs> um, These are good questions, by the way. Really good questions. Yeah, I, th I think the everyone has been asking really interesting questions so far. So I haven't like, gotten the weird ones yet. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Those weird ones. Okay. <laughs> There's always a weird one. There's always a weird one. So far, I haven't seen it. So if anyone's dropping the weird one, careful, guys. <laughs> We're going to have to find a weird guest to answer it. Yeah. <laughs> so now I've got a question for you from my side. And it's simply more gear-based because I've seen okay. you go back and forth with Sony cameras lately. What's happening? What is your current setup? Uh, yeah, my current setup is uh, the Sony a7 III and the a6, uh, Sony a6500. Um, uh, they're just a good pair to have. I mean, but the reason why I got it is because... Um, well, I made a video about it, but I I had the I was shooting with the Sony A7R3 for a while, and that's a very expensive camera that's geared towards more for photography. Yeah, that's the one but, I have. Yeah, yeah, and that's great and it's fine. And um, uh, but I really missed having um the A6500 because it's such a good camera, and even though it's like two years old, mm -hmm. like that still doesn't disqualify it from shooting amazing 4K video. And so um so yeah, and I thought, well, maybe what if I sold my A7R3? And put that extra money to get an extra, or to get a a seven three, and then get an a sixty five hundred, and so uh, so yeah, so I, I did that last week, and uh, I don't regret it at all. I love I love the a seven three. I think it is better for video, in my opinion. Um, obviously, hmm. the photos on the a seven R three are going to be way better because it's forty two megapixels. Um, but as far as video goes, the a seven three is a beast, and I do do what, love it. What's the and difference? Also, Oh, between the two cameras? Yeah, for video. What did you feel? Uh, that was oh, different? okay. Uh, so for video, uh, so for the pros of the A7R3 is that it is um, half a stop better in image stabilization. Mm -hmm. uh, so the A7R3 has 5.5 stops of IBIS, of IBIS where mm -hmm. the A7III just has five. Now, that's not that much of a difference. You probably won't even tell a difference if you compare the two, but that's one pro. Um, but because of the 42 megapixel sensor um, of the A7R3, that makes it less uh, reliable in low light um, for video. And so oh. you'll start to see banding and maybe like around ISO 800 or something like that, where the a7 III, because it's the lower megapixels and, um, and uh, it's a 6K sensor downsampled, um, you, there's much better performance in low light. Not as good as a7S II, but definitely much better than the a7R III. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's really yeah. interesting. That's cool. See, I learned something yeah. about my own camera then. 
<laughs> and mind you, cool. that doesn't disqualify the A7R three from shooting good video. Like it is a great video camera. But, oh yeah. But for me, yeah. yeah. But for me personally, like I noticed a lot of my subscribers shot with A7 III and the A6500. And I think on a personal note, I just wanted to be there in, in the trenches with everyone else. So, you know, to help them figure out things because I would, I would always get questions on the A6500 still to this day. <laughs> and so it just, it just made sense for me to, to, to have similar gear so that I can relate to people that have questions while also, you know, uh, investing in future gear like the upcoming A7S three or the uh, A6700 or whatever. Yeah camera comes out and so no, it's uh, great i yeah. didn't think about that that you could sell the mm. r3 and buy both for almost the same price yeah yeah almost same price almost i mean kind <laughs> of it, yeah it was just a better it, it was a better financial decision you know in the end and so um so better to have two cameras than one i say huh that's really good yeah and now you you're part of the sony pro support because you've got two bodies and uh qualifying lenses now Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. So I'm, I'm in. I'm in the club. <laughs> You're in the club. That's awesome. That's really cool. Now, last question, Sydney. Uh, I want to know, do you have a piece of gear lately that you acquired that is fairly cheap that you really, really love and can't live without? Mm, good question. Um, yes, 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 I do. Um, so I absolutely love the Manfrotto RC2 um, uh, base plate and adapter because it's such a universal thing to have. Like I, I have tripods of all sorts. I have uh, gimbals that have different mounts and plates and bases and stuff like that. And so uh, the Manfrotto adapter, the RC2, uh, you can pretty much attach to, to any plate and it's a quick release so that you can attach it to your camera or oh. to, you know, or multiple cameras if you wanted to. And instead of using a screwdriver to screw in the plate to the camera, mm -hmm. there is a little handle that, that you can tighten it in. And so, uh, it's just super easy to, you know, connect your camera to a monopod, tripod, or a gimbal. Like you can buy these RC2s for, you know, for for anything, whether it's a slider, gimbal, or tripod, and then you can easily mount your camera like in a second, you know, to to whatever stabilizer you have. And so I absolutely love this adapter, and I I refuse to to go without it. That's so cool because I always struggle, and Manfrotto has have their special mounts. And I've mm -hmm. never been able to figure that out. I'm gonna check it out because that's that sounds like a great thing. I get to a friend and then I'm like, oh, I can't put my camera on your tripod, or the contrary, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's a problem we all have, even more landscape photographers, uh, because they're just oh, yeah. always on tripods. That's crazy. Sydney, uh, we're gonna wrap up. Um, and before we wrap up, I wanna know: Do you have a question you wanna ask people? Or maybe something you want them to think about. Mm, yeah, Let us that's know. a good question. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, so with all these content creators popping up and you know, uh, creators on the rise and stuff like that, um, as uh, filmmakers, as photographers, just starting out, what are the type of content or what is the type of content do you want to see that will help uh, bring the best value to you? I would love to know. Mm. That's very, that's a good one. That's a great question. I want to know because it's true. We were we more and more on uh, on YouTube, which is great. And uh, mm -hmm. can't wait to see what happens in the future. Yeah, me too. <laughs> exciting times. Exciting times ahead. Super exciting. All right, guys, I want to thank Sydney for joining us. Sydney, thank you so, so, so much for taking the time. Pleasure. Yeah. Love being here. Where can people find you online? 
Uh, well, you can find me on YouTube. If you type in my name, Sydney DeYoungson, I'm pretty sure I'll be the only Sydney DeYoungson <laughs> on YouTube. Can you uh, spell DeYoungson? Yes, uh, it's spelled D-I-O-N-G-Z-O-N. All right, everyone, <laughs> rewind f 15 seconds on your yes. podcast app, and now go on YouTube and type that. <laughs> <laughs> that's how everyone's gonna get it otherwise yeah, exactly. it's obviously in the show notes are you on instagram same same name same thing yeah same name same name instagram that's awesome. you've got a pretty unique last name which i'm sure not many people have so it makes it easier now yeah it's kind of like a like you know one of those rare names like madonna or <laughs> or sting or whatever I, hopefully there's no other city the young ones <laughs> out there that'd be, that'd be weird hey <laughs> yeah yeah that would suck for that person because i already took all the all the handles for all the well that's great platforms. for you i had to add a t between my two names yeah. because yeah i didn't uh, I, i was taken everywhere uh, yes yeah more common, exactly yeah. all right Sydney, thank you so much have an awesome day everyone go check out sydney on youtube and instagram and just say hi go check out what he's doing i think it's pretty good if you've got any gear question he's the guy see you in the next episode see you bye all right see you man wow guys i hope you enjoyed that podcast i definitely learned a lot from him to be honest just the trick with the nd filter and the stockings and also the way he thought about like changing his r3 for the a7 III plus a6500 i think it's it's actually a pretty good tip and I have been considering it right now, but still love the R3 for the photo. Uh, with that being said, guys, I want to ask you something. Please uh, go check Sydney online if you've never heard of him or seen what he's creating. It's S-I-D-N-E-Y-D-I-O-N-G-Z-O-N on Twitter, on, inter uh, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram. Please check him out. Say hi from me and all that. And last but not least, if you got any value out of it, guys, please, I'm not asking you anything else. Please, 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 can you please share that episode, share the podcast with your friend, tweet it, Instagram it, whatever you want to call it. Please share it around you, pass it on, and also leave a five-star review. As I mentioned at the beginning, I heard it helps, so let's do it together. With that being said, if you got any questions, leave them on the anchor.fm app or Twitter or Instagram, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Have an awesome day. Get out there, go shoot, try something different, try something new, and I will see you, and I already say that. See you, bye.